Hello, my name is Elizabeth and I am the Colorado Health Coach. For those of you who are new, welcome. And those of you returning, welcome back to another episode. I am a certified health and life coach located in Southern Colorado. For those of you who are wondering, before we dive in to the topic of today, which you already know is health trends that are a waste of time, part one, so you can expect many more episodes to come after this covering further health trends that, in my opinion, as a health and life coach, are a waste of time, and I will give you all the details as to why. But first, let's dive into the AHA's appreciations and insights for this past week. For those of you who are new, AHA's appreciations and insights are personal reflections of this past week. We reflect on AHA moments, appreciative moments, and just insights that we have about ourselves and just the world around us, just to kind of check in every once in a while. Touch grass, if you will. <laughs> For my AHA's appreciations and insights personally this week, I actually integrated my axolotl falcor into his slash her, I'm not sure the gender yet. I will know when the axolotl's a tad bit older. I moved my axolotl falcor into his new, his slash her new 20 gallon tank, which is very exciting. If you are unfamiliar with axolotls, please feel free to look them up on Google. They are so adorable. I think they are at least. They are aquatic salamanders that stay in their juvenile form for their entire lives. So they are neotenic and they're just very interesting. Overall, axolotls in general have the ability to regenerate limbs, regenerate parts of their brain and spinal tissue. So I just find them extremely interesting. And so does the scientific community apparently because they are used a lot in scientific research. Now, axolotls are actually endangered, going extinct in the wild. They are native to Lake Xochimilco in Mexico, but they are thriving in captivity. And something that I didn't know prior to looking into exotic pets and really doing a deep dive into that and just opening my eyes to a whole new world, actually, because... I've discovered my love of animals and pets and how many pets I want to have throughout my entire life. This, I actually want to be a journey throughout my life. Oh, at this stage in my life, I want to have this animal at this stage. I would love this animal. And hopefully if I am lucky enough to have a family, I would want my kids to love animals as well and respect them as well and just have a real appreciation for mother nature, I guess you could say. And prior to doing a deep dive into this hobby and everything, like I was saying before, I actually didn't know that pet keeping in a way is meant as a conservation effort for a lot of species. So species that I actually really found interesting and I have an interest in keeping them in the future would be hedgehogs. I would love turtles, specifically either a map turtle or diamondback terrapin or both. That would be so amazing. They require a whole lot of space, so I would have to own my own place and have everything settled and have that be my forever home, basically. That would be a long-term commitment. I would also love a leopard gecko, crested gecko, at least one, you know, of each 
just to say I've had one throughout my life because I just find them so adorable and so gentle and interesting creatures. And call me crazy, but I would not mind owning a jumping spider, a velvet spider, and maybe hopefully one day the only tarantula that I would even consider wanting, the only one that you, I even have an interest in, would be the T. Saladonia because I just think it's beautiful. It is known as the Brazilian jewel. And I just find that so breathtaking. Just look up a photo of it if you don't have arachnophobia, of course, but I just think they're beautiful. And I would love, you know, ferrets. I would love, you actually need to have two ferrets uh, in order for them to interact and not be depressed, lonely. And a group of ferrets actually, I thought this was really cute, is called a business. And I just find that so incredibly adorable. And one day I would love to own at least one pair of ferrets. And Lord knows what other animals I would love to have in the future. I, of course, love my axolotl falcor. And I intend on having at least two more axolotls. They can be held in a species-only tank. Right now I have a specimen tank, meaning only one, but I would need to definitely upgrade to at least a 55 gallon long for me to add two more axolotls at the very least because they need at least 20 gallons each in order to be comfortable. That would be a commitment further on in my life, but that would be an amazing accomplishment for me to just have. But anyway, I just realized and really appreciated my newfound love of animals and I'm just doing a deep dive into that. I'm spending a lot of time on YouTube watching, you know, the Turtle Girl and Soda Pets and Fish for Thought and Emzotic and Dakota Blue Exotics and Clint's Reptile Room and Tarantula Cat and just a whole bunch of other YouTubers that I find so interesting within the pet community and it's just very inspiring and I'm learning a lot. And honestly, I feel like if I wasn't in this field, if I wasn't doing this as a health and life coach, which I absolutely love, this is my dream and you all are helping me by even listening to this podcast, you are helping me achieve my dream. So please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast if, you know, this is your cup of tea. If not, that's fine too. Thank you for, you know, checking in. <laughs> so I was just listening back to this past recording of the podcast, Health Trends That Are a Waste of Time, Part 1, and I realized I completely forgot to mention in, you know, the beginning, the AHA's appreciations and insights. I was so silly. I moved on without even mentioning to you guys that if I was not doing this, if I was not living out this dream, that I would probably go back to school and do something regarding animals. Probably be a vet tech or something along those lines because within the COVID pandemic, I did realize my love of animals and my, fasc my fascination with certain species. And yeah, that was just my aha's appreciations and insights. And I just wanted to come back in and record it to insert it somewhere here in the podcast because I skimmed over it. My bad. Let's move on to the next segment, Sweet and Savory Swaps. Let's move on to Sweet and Savory Swaps. So if you haven't listened to previous episodes, 
This is a new segment on the podcast, new to this season, and it's all about switching out certain foods and or products for others in order to make a healthier choice. For this episode, I'd like to focus on cutting back on salt, but how? By using a variety of spices. Did you know that large amounts of salt affect your blood pressure? Increasing it so much that it affects other organs, such as your heart, arteries, kidneys, and even your brain. Many individuals use salt to flavor their dishes while cooking. But did you know that salt not only brings out the flavors in the food itself, but it also brings out the flavors in other spices. Spices that you add long before adding any form of salt in order to flavor the food with other flavor profiles before directly going towards the salt. Don't be afraid to use salt by any means, but know when to use it and how much to use. There are plenty of health benefits from salt. It relaxes us and contracts muscles like in the bath. It helps with our nerves and impulses, balances the minerals and waters we take in. We do tend to overdo it when it comes to sodium consumption, however, resulting in negative health effects. So how much salt do we need? According to WebMD, our bodies need only a small amount of sodium daily. The ideal amount is 1500 milligrams every day, but the average American, for example, takes in about 3400. Consuming too much salt can lead to a stroke, heart disease, and high blood pressure. There are luckily a few signs to look out for to know if you're taking in too much sodium, such as bloating, high blood pressure, swollen feet or ankles, dehydration, weight gain, running to the restroom a lot, trouble sleeping, feeling weak, and stomach issues. Keep in mind, these are all short-term effects. There are also long-term effects too. WebMD suggests it might raise your chances of things like an enlarged heart muscle, headaches, heart failure, kidney disease, kidney stones, osteoporosis, stomach cancer, and strokes. Luckily, there are other things you can do besides relying on spices to reduce your salt intake. Choosing fresh meats instead of packaged ones, staying away from vegetables already pre-seasoned or have sauces already added is another great way to avoid overdoing it on sodium. Carefully reading labels and checking sodium content on food before you purchase that item. Choosing seasonings that have no sodium added. And if you're eating out, request your dish be prepared without salt so you control the sodium consumption yourself because there's already salt on the table. Please be aware of your sodium levels because it is so easy for them to get out of hand. I'm going to be taking a moment out of the podcast to pause and remind everyone for a water break. I myself am going to be drinking some water as well right now. So if you don't have water with you, please go grab a beverage, preferably water. Thank you very much. Stay hydrated. I recommend you get at least 64 ounces daily. That is the overall goal. However, more is encouraged, especially if you are overweight or obese. You do need to stay hydrated, especially if you're drinking coffee in the morning. Two eight ounce glasses of water should be enough to reverse the dehydration effects of one glass or one cup of coffee. So remember to stay hydrated. 
Alrighty, so now that we're back from our water break, let's dive in to the topic of today, which is health trends that are a waste of time, part one. So stay tuned for a part two, part three, and future parts further on in the future. So the first one is ear candling. This is an alternative way of removing earwax. It involves a fabric tube that has been soaked in wax, inserted into the ear, and set on fire. Rachel Vreeman, MD, assistant professor at Indiana University School of Medicine, states, and I quote, People often hear this process creates a vacuum-like suction that will pour bad contents out of your ear canal like wax, impurities, congestion from a cold, and toxins, end quote. However, research has shown that the candle does not create suctioning and ear mechanics do not allow for infections or impurities to be, quote, pulled out, end quote. There are two health risks involved in this procedure, which are burns and a potential puncturing of your eardrum. If you have excess wax buildup in your ear, I would recommend seeing a doctor or purchasing an at-home ear wax removal kit. Two great options I would recommend would be a wax-removing vacuum or a spring-headed Q-tip, both of which can be found on Amazon. The second health trend that is a waste of time is avoiding GMOs. GMOs stand for genetically modified organisms. There are no existing long-term studies that prove GMOs are 100% safe. Some companies use the non-GMO seal on food as a marketing ploy to trick people into thinking it makes that item healthy, but it does not. Please read the nutrition labels and ingredients listed in order to make a better informed decision. Since the early 1990s, GMO foods have been available to consumers. Over the years, there has been confusion over what GMOs are and how they are used in our food supply. The term GMO is the common term mainstream media and consumers use to describe foods that have been through genetic engineering. Genetic engineering is the term typically used by scientists. Another term used is bioengineered. The FDA and Congress use this term to describe certain types of GMOs when they pass the National Bioengineering Food Disclosure Standard. This standard is defined as detectable genetic material modified through certain lab techniques, not obtained through conventional breeding or found in nature. There are only a few types of GMO crops that are grown in the U.S., which are alfalfa, apples, canola, corn, cotton, papaya, pink pineapple, potatoes, soybeans, summer squash, and sugar beets. Another episode will be dedicated to a full deep dive into GMOs because there's just too much to cover in just a few minutes. So stay tuned for a potential episode all about GMOs. The next health trend that is a waste of time is placenta pills. A growing health trend is to eat the placenta after childbirth. Did you know that doctors and scientists have created a placenta pill? However, there is no scientific evidence to prove the pill works. Despite its claims to boost energy, prevent postpartum depression, increasing milk production, and balancing hormones, cooking or dehydrating this organ actually destroys any beneficial hormones 
and chemicals it may contain, according to health.com. For those of you listening who may not be aware of what a placenta is, a placenta is a flattened circular organ within the uterus of pregnant women, as well as other mammals. The purpose of the placenta is to provide oxygen, nourishment, and maintain the fetus throughout the umbilical cord. Do your own research if you are, at the moment, pregnant. The next health trend that is a waste of time is using e-cigarettes to quit smoking. They are marketed as a safer alternative to smoking while promising to help you quit. But these promises are, of course, false. Another thing you might not be aware of is the FDA does not regulate the devices, so we don't know what chemicals are really inside. There are no long-term studies so far on the effects of e-cigarettes on the body. A more effective way to quit smoking is to seek counseling and get medication. Besides the consumption of nicotine, e-cigarettes contain harmful ingredients such as ultra-fine particles that can be inhaled deep into the lungs. Flavorants like diacyl is a chemical linked to lung disease. Heavy metals such as nickel, tin, and lead, plus dangerous organic compounds. What I found most interesting while researching for this episode when it comes to vaping is the length of time spent vaping can be longer than smoking a regular cigarette. Various vaping mixtures may contain 20 times the amount of nicotine versus a single cigarette. Plus, the most normal cigarettes are smoked within two or five minutes. An e-cigarette can last up to 20 minutes, delivering even more nicotine and damaging chemicals to the lungs, according to the Mayo Clinic online. The fifth health trend that is a waste of time is teetoxing. Teetoxing is when an individual drinks tea with additives that are supposed to wash the, quote, toxins, end quote, out of your system, resulting in weight loss. But what are these special additives in the tea? Well, they're laxatives. Not only is this weight loss method ineffective when it comes to long-term results, but the body already naturally detoxes itself while we're asleep. There is a reason we all need a sufficient amount of sleep every night. The body restores itself during the third stage, also known as deep sleep. This is the sleep stage before REM sleep. Another reason not to participate in detoxing is you might just lose water weight and not actual fat. By combining caffeine with diuretics, it can trigger a loss in water weight, causing the stomach to flatten, making you appear leaner even though the lean to fat ratio remains the same. Plus, keep in mind that while drinking the detox teas, you would still need to diet and exercise on a regular basis to see results. Several Instagram detox tea brands state in the fine print that for best results to combine this product along with plenty of water, healthy, balanced meals, and regular exercise throughout the week. However, this is not sustainable when it comes to long-term results. If you revert back to your old eating habits and decrease exercise levels, or stop drinking the tea, you can gain back the weight just as quickly as you lost it. This is why I personally would not recommend any type of detox tea, regardless of whatever celebrity or influencer is promoting it. It is a scam, it is a lie, do not fall for it. And the sixth and final health trend 
that is a waste of time we are going to be covering in this episode is raw milk. Although there are various foods that are perfectly good raw, such as raw fruits and vegetables, and even the ever so popular sushi, raw milk is not something that I think we should get on board with. Raw milk has not been pasteurized or homogenized. It can come from cows, goats, sheep, buffalo, or even camels. Roughly 1% of Americans drink or consume raw milk regularly. Some claims made promoting raw milk are pasteurized milk has fewer nutrients, reduced fatty acids, pasteurizing the milk destroys proteins, raw milk protects against allergies and asthma, it's better for people with lactose intolerance, and claims to have more antimicrobials. There are several dangers from consuming raw milk, however. Since raw milk is neutral in pH, and high in nutritional and water contents. It is an ideal feeding ground for bacteria. According to Healthline, studies show that raw milk contains significantly higher quantities of harmful bacteria versus pasteurized milk. The pasteurization process helps to filter out harmful bacteria that may be present, such as Salmonella, E. coli, Coxiella burnetti, Cryptosporidium, and Staphyreus. Symptoms of foodborne illnesses include vomiting, diarrhea, dehydration, headaches, abdominal pain, nausea, and fever. Other more severe conditions include miscarriages, reactive arthritis, chronic inflammatory conditions, and on the rare occasion, death. But please do your own research and make your own informed decision. Let's move on into the next segment, which is Cheers to Your Health, a segment where we make a healthy cocktail. And for today's episode, it is going to be the Pomegranate Cosmopolitan. Speaking of the Cosmopolitan, I recently had a trip to Vegas and it was, Vegas is just beautiful all the time, especially at night. If you haven't been, I would highly recommend. And my last trip to Vegas I did not get to see the Cosmopolitan. It was my first time to Vegas. This last time to Vegas, I recently got back a few days ago. So I actually got to go inside the Cosmopolitan and it was just beautiful and breathtaking. And honestly, I feel like if I could stay anywhere, you know, sky's the limit in regards to money, I would stay at the Cosmopolitan because it's just everything you could ever want. However, I did not get to go and try Egg Slut, one of the restaurants within the Cosmopolitan. Possibly my next trip back to Vegas, I will go. Possibly. But I also want to try Secret Pizza, which is also located inside the Cosmopolitan. The Cosmopolitan has a whole lot. If you're in Vegas, highly recommend that. And looking for affordable drinks, go to Fat Tuesday. Circling back to the drink, the Pomegranate Cosmopolitan. While traditional cosmopolitans are not relatively a healthy drink, pomegranate cosmopolitans are a very different story. They are plenty nutritious, containing pomegranate vodka, lime, and orange liqueur. The pomegranate vodka is loaded with vitamin C and E plus fiber. While limes are rich in vitamin C and are known to promote healthy skin and boost immunity. In addition to the orange liqueur, this cocktail is clearly packed full of vitamin C. I will be creating these cocktails from this segment on camera on the YouTube channel Colorado Health Coach. If that is something you are interested in seeing, please go and subscribe 
and I will have the exact measurements for this drink in the description box down below. And please remember to drink responsibly. So let's switch gears into life lessons from. So let's settle in here. It's going to get juicy. Life Lessons From is a segment where we take a life lesson away from anything related to pop culture, so movies, music, TV, celebrities, and much more. Today we will be discussing the Selena gomez Haley Bieber feud that has been going on for, I want to say roughly about a month, month and a half now. More specifically, how to distance yourself from toxic people in your own everyday life. For those of you who have not been keeping up, let's do a quick rundown. There was a viral passive-aggressive video posted by Hailey Bieber on TikTok, seemingly directed at Selena Gomez and essentially body-shaming her. Since then, things have escalated and it's truly exhausting to keep up with. So let's circle back to the topic of what to do to distance yourself from toxic people. First off, let's define toxicity. Some key signs of toxicity, according to Healthline, are self-absorption or self-centeredness, manipulation, and other forms of emotional abuse, dishonesty, difficulty offering compassion to others, and a tendency to create drama or conflict. A common theme amongst toxic individuals is painting themselves as the victim in virtually every situation. By avoiding to play into this reality, you are protecting yourself in the long term. Another great way to identify toxicity is to pay attention to how they make you feel. Now, not every single interaction you have with the individual is going to be wonderful. However, if most interactions are full of put-downs, lies, and other types of emotional and verbal abuse, these are clear signs of toxicity. By discussing your interactions with them and expressing how their behavior hurts you, it can either build bridges or destroy them. Either way, just remember that it is important to put yourself first regardless of the outcome from that interaction. Remember that all relationships, all healthy relationships, involve give and take. If one overgives and the other overtakes, the former will grow to resent the latter. It will only be a matter of time. This is human nature. If you find yourself overgiving in a relationship, any form of relationship, whether it be romantic or platonic, it is imperative for you to pull back and tip the scales to make interactions balanced again. I would suggest doing this after you find little to no results from talking it out. Know when to walk away. This is a hard thing for anyone to do. But if this person in your life causes too much toxicity, that it no longer can be brushed under the rug, this is the best solution. Know your limits and know when to walk away for your own sanity and well-being. Now, if it's an individual within your family whom you must see occasionally due to family events, gatherings, etc., I would suggest to make yourself unavailable or limit your time together in order to minimize these toxic interactions. I myself have had to do this on numerous occasions, and at the end of the day, it's just better for everyone. It takes a lot of time and practice to get comfortable. I still struggle from time to time, but the more you do it, the better you are at setting these boundaries. 
And that's ultimately what we need to work on when it comes to toxic individuals, is our own personal boundaries. When to set a boundary, when to know when that boundary is being crossed, and what to do about it. I would like to thank everyone for tuning into this episode of Colorado Health Coach. If you enjoyed the content, please make sure to subscribe for future episodes, rate the podcast, and leave a comment if you'd like. If you have any questions about my signature 90-day total transformation program or would like to schedule a free consultation, please feel free to email me at coloradohealthcoach at gmail.com. Once again, that is coloradohealthcoach at gmail.com. Make sure to stay hydrated and drink your water this thirsty Thursday and every day leading up to the next upload. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye.